0: Wake up in a new country, fly into a different time zone, or just hang out with a new crew of friends. Yes, that does make you a new person. Check in your baggage and start Start creating creating world, world, friends. friends. Welcome to the Paradise Paradox. My name is Aaron Battle, and in this video, podcast, broadcast, we're going to continue on with the stories the news, the adventures of returning back to Australia after being away, away in Mexico for a couple of years. So basically Kurt and I are just catching up um, and I want to jump back into bugging in or bugging out, bugging out and then having to come back and now considering bugging in because... Australian life is extreme. It gets a little crazy here. Like, just because, you know, you see in uh, television, movies, TV, and Australia is crocodiles and sharks, which it is, it's not that bad, but which it is. Um, I was getting a little homesick. So, Kurt and I reminisce and talk a little about Mexican culture in the second half. Uh, we also talk about. Creating the best or new version of yourself and how to do that. Um, Creating worlds and choosing a new life. And before we wrap it up, we decide what the expiry date is on a spoiler alert. So if you're interested in knowing what Kurt and I would think that the expiry date would be for a spoiler alert, uh, just skip through to the end. Otherwise... Before we get into it, let's take care of a little bit of busyness. Uh, steam it with a double E dot com. Um, check it out. This is where content creators can post their content and be rewarded, as well as people that interact can also be rewarded. Leave a comment, share. Uh, you can also re-STEAM. Um, that's interesting. And upvote. So a few different new terminologies there have been involved in the, the Steam It revolution um i seriously suggest checking it out if you want to check out what kurt's been up to you can see him at church zoo check the notes for the spelling you can also catch up with me at battle az if you just want to check out what the paradise paradox is up to jump through to our website www.theparadiseparadox.com now i always say that really fast I don't know why I try to say that slow this time, but when I say it's slow, it doesn't come out right. So check out our website, www.theparadiseparadox.com, and you can also leave us a donation. Please do. We appreciate it. You know, they come in, and we know that people like what we do. So it's always nice to receive value. It's even nicer to give value. It's a token of appreciation, and we appreciate it. On the website, we're also selling t-shirts, good t-shirts. Check them out, PP t-shirts. There's a link at the top of the page. I'll send you through to our t-shirt page. Um, a couple of designs are rolling across the screen right now. For those in the car and you can't see the designs, um, our favorites, real money, Bitcoin in the middle, silver and gold either side. We're getting to those times, people. We don't know what's going to happen with the economy. We're already over time. Negative interest rates. How is that even possible? I don't know. Um, I did study this though. Wasn't in the textbook. That's real money. The other one is I want disclosure, which it looks like we're getting closer and closer to the times when we're going to hear about disclosure every single time i jump on youtube i'm looking at videos that are saying there's always something alien related it's hard to believe that we still don't know what the hell is going on so if you want some knowledge if you want some info if you want some truth let's get into it <laughs>
1: saying you were going through um the one of our previous episodes and you realized you didn't say what you wanted to say
0: exactly yeah it was, you know how sometimes we forget what we spoke about and then we have to edit it just to find out you know what to what to throw in the intro or whatever and i realized that um by the way this is the episode for returning to australia i i get about um I start by saying the opening line, we're gonna we're talking about bugging in, and then uh, then we start talking about the news and then I forget what we're talking about. Doesn't matter. Well
1: Alright, so we'll put a link in the description to that one.
0: Yeah. So basically what that episode was supposed to be about is I mean the whole reason I mean I was going to Mexico for many reasons. Um firstly to get married, to catch up with family um, to learn more about my family heritage, connect with roots, culture, all that. But I mean, you know, we're in we're in some uh, pretty crazy times, and you know, if you let your imagination run with some of the uh, alternative news, you know, you, you can think, you know, we haven't got that much that much longer, you know, in this in this kind of in this flow that we're in at the moment. So I thought, you know what, even though Mexico is pretty considered. Uh, a third world country to many. Uh, it, it's not really. And, you know, you can live a pretty healthy, good uh, life. Almost, You know, you can probably live a better life, less stress uh, than you can in Australia. So, Mexico became my bug out location. The thing is, now that I'm back in Australia, mm-hmm. it's almost like, I never went to Mexico and all that preparation and planning to go to Mexico and, you know, be prepared for whatever uh, now is uh, completely null and void because I'm back in Australia
1: yep. and I should be planning some kind of bug in plan. So you're saying when you're, when you're saying being prepared for things, you mean, you mean like crazy events like like uh, economic collapse or I don't know, a Y2K bug or something?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I'm, I'm talking about. Like, zombie apocalypse, end of days, doomsday, you know, antichrist. The the most extreme craziness, which, track record, um, probably isn't going to turn up. But, I mean, it doesn't hurt to be prepared. Yeah. So, um... Yeah, so I haven't really got that much planned now that I'm back in Australia other than, you know, a few boxes of wine, maybe some uh, you know, an abundance of old textbooks. Uh, you know, nothing that's really going to help me get through, maybe um, I haven't got a month of food and I, I definitely I mean I could pretty organize clean water um because there there I mean there's wells where, you know, close to where I'm living, so I don't think the, the complete community is going to, you know, have struggles with that kind of thing. But um, but you look at just Australia as it is, because you know I'm sure you get it as well, Kurt. When you travel in, it's like people people say, you know, oh you're you're Australian. Uh, you know how many times were you attacked by a crocodile, or how many um, how many dangerous snakes do you have, you know, through your house? And what about those spiders? Because Australia is extreme. I mean, anyone that doesn't live in Australia just assumes we're constantly under attack. You hear much of that?
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All the time, people ask me, oh, you know, the most dangerous animals in the world and that kind of thing. But it's not like, I mean, you don't see that every day. I mean, you might see it once a year. I guess it depends where you live. Once a year, uh, but I mean, you know, people in my hometown did have the occasional red belly black snake uh going through the, the, the longer grass if they forget to mow it, um, which uh, you know, could be pretty deadly. Well, there's a lot of sharks too, gotta keep. Well, what, once a year, do you think that's accurate or? Yeah, sharks. Uh, There's there's like 50 50 shark deaths a year. I mean, how many people go to the beach every year? (laughs) Think about that. I mean, if you go to the beach, you know, just about everybody in Australia lives on the coast or close to it. There must be millions of beachgoers every year and about 50 people die from a shark attack. That's... I mean... It's not exactly something to to lay awake at night worrying about.
0: Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't. It doesn't stop me from going to the beach. I mean, you've got warm weather coming in now, so you know I'm looking forward to getting to the beach. <laughs> and even if I knew there was a shark attack um, in the in the area or something, it'd be like, um, I mean, I would, I would consider it. But I mean, I probably wouldn't go to a beach that's not manned. I'd make sure there's lifeguards, you know, with the with the drones out looking for sharks. But what, what what's happened? Do they
1: have drones for that now?
0: Yeah, they the yeah, they got drones looking for sharks. Technology for in the future. So um I mean there's nothing I mean yeah, like like you said, for the sake of 50 people, um it's not enough, you know, to to ruin the the Australian lifestyle. You know, I I mean here, you know, I I occasionally, I mean, it's semi-rural where semi-rural land where I'm at now, not exactly farm but you know we see the the red belly black snake i don't think i mean they they hear you coming in there they're more scared than, than you should be so they kind of take off but um i mean i've got i've got an uncle that lives on a on a property um out near uh, out near Gresford it's only any uh, probably what's we'll say an hour and a half or, or less than an hour from uh, no about an hour from newcastle out into farmland and he would see i mean i don't think he's seen very many brown snakes lately I mean, l- Listen to these names. It is like it's a red one, it's a brown one. Um, yeah, well, the, the brown ones, it's it's bad. I mean, if he, if it bites you, you're pretty much what what a few minutes and you and you're done. So and he would say in in summer he would come across you know maybe maybe ten to twenty of them. But I mean, he's out he's out in the sticks like that. That's bush, so that's totally different. If you're living in the city, you got nothing to worry about. Yes. Yes. But, um, I mean, so people think that Australia is this extreme place where you've got animals attacking you all the time. And, I mean, if you're in the wrong place, they kind of do, like out at sea or in the bush. But, I mean, you know, where you're around civilization, it's good. The thing is, we still have, we still have extreme weather. And, uh, I mean, this last week, uh, or probably the last month, I mean, it, it, the thing is, it happens a lot. Like, we, I mean, different areas, but I feel like every single coming into summer, there's always a flood somewhere. You know, whether it's whether it's the levee bank at, at Raymond Terrace or, or Maitland or, you know, Brisbane's always flooding or, you know, or central uh, New South Wales, it's like there's... I don't know what happens. It's like we have extreme drought and then we have extreme water. And, I mean, it sucks for the farmers because, you know, they finally get a good rain season and then it comes in too heavy. So... You know, they get washed out and there's no, uh, I mean, there's no, there's no income there. But, I mean, this last time, I mean, this last, this session now, this month has been more extreme. Or maybe because I've been away and the news comes on and, of course, they play it up like it's, like it's the worst and they're interviewing people that have got water all through their garage and, you know, houses ruined or whatever, which is, I hate to say, pretty normal for, for Australia. But, I, I think it's something like half the state or it's, a, it's like it's, it's a huge area that's underwater, like massive. I mean, it's probably bigger than most countries um, that's underwater. And you, and, you know, and of course, you know, being uh, possibly inconsiderate, I would say, you know, if you know it floods, why do you live there? I
1: just, I just don't get it. What do you think? <laughs> well, yeah, because the land's cheap. Um, <laughs> um, but also, I mean, it's good farmland if it floods there. Um, you want, you need a bit of that. You need a bit of that chaos because the flood, uh, if it floods every 10 years, it brings back uh, um, important nutrients into the soil. Uh, good point. Which is why traditionally people farmed on that land. Um, but... I mean surely that must be an exaggeration that you're saying half of New South Wales. I mean yeah, no, it, it is. is like what fifty times the size of Britain or so, something like that.
0: Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. But I mean it's not okay, maybe not exactly half, but it's an extremely large area.
1: Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But so um besides that
1: Okay, and then and then what's going on in South Australia? Well,
0: I think there. Um, I mean, there's floods there too. Probably should have done some um, some research, but I guess for most viewers or most tuning inners, um, it doesn't really matter. It's just a whole lot of flooding. But uh, South Australia's pretty big as well. I mean, Australia's only got what six states or so, and um, or seven. No, they're territories, um, <laughs> but they're huge. You probably
1: should have done some research to find out how many states
0: Australia. I I, I get lost. Australia
1: six states and two territories.
0: Hmm. Yeah, so I mean, I wasn't. Yeah, so I mean, I was. I was right. I mean, this is primary school stuff. Um, anyway, South Australia has had a power outage, <laughs> the whole state. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, I can say the whole state, and the state's massive again because it's an Australian state. But I mean, um, really, you take out two cities in South Australia, and the whole the whole state's out. So I mean, to put that into context. But you're in, a, you're in Australia, you're in a first world country and you're out of power for let's plus or minus a few days, let's say a week, there's no power. And in some areas, you might even go longer than that because, I mean, here in, here in Newcastle, um, speaking with mum and dad, they said it wasn't that long ago that, um, you know, within the last year that they went days without power as well. So this could be a this could be a common thing, and and knowing Australian government and their you know internet plans and electricity grid plans, it's like uh, on their side Australia's pretty big, so it's kind of you know you got people everywhere. It's kind of hard to keep everyone plugged in, but um, you know this is all technology as well. So you know you knock out one one part of the grid, you've probably got people stranded with no electricity which could be, I mean, in this case of South Australia, let's just say a week, but there's going to be people that are going to be out for longer. They just don't talk about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's so funny because, you know, people, uh, a lot of the time they ask me, what's the difference between Australia and Mexico? And I tell them how, you know, sometimes in my apartment here in the wet season, the power has gone out for like 12, 16 hours and I say that would never happen in Australia, but there you go. It's even it's even worse. Oh, well, <laughs> uh, it's so where's where's, yeah. the, where's the distinction? I mean, it's uh, <laughs> getting closer and closer.
0: Well, yeah. Um, that's the thing. I mean, I mean, we are talking about extreme cases, so it's not just because you know there's lazy employees or something. It's it's probably because where they need to go to fix it could be. Could be hours on the road, or they need a helicopter to get there as well. I mean, it's, I mean, Australia is, it, it, it is extreme overall. But what I caught in the news last night was there was a, I mean, if you got a whole state out of power, think about the people that are dependent. I mean, there was a, there was a case where a hospital had to switch to genera- generator power, like a diesel generator or something, and it failed after one hour. Like, this is, this is the big news story right now in Australia. How could the backup plan fail after an hour? And, and they've gone days without power. So how long did it take to fix that? The thing is, when the person responsible has a, a TV interview, they say, oh, well, um, you know, this was an unforeseen uh, situation. This was, uh, this could not have been, uh, almost like this couldn't have been prevented. But then they say, what was the actual problem? The fuel line. The little bit of hose that passes fuel from the tank, reservoir of fuel to the actual, the fuel line. So, the, yeah, the, the hose that's, that's connecting wow. the reservoir of fuel okay. to the machine uh, failed. It's like, it's a plastic hose. That failed? And you've got a whole floor of people on life support? Yeah, unfortunate. Press like, press subscribe, press share, during a cost Press like, press subscribe,
1: press share, during a cost It was completely unforeseeing that a tiny piece of uh, millimeter thin plastic would just break. Who could have known? I don't think anybody in the in the Pentagon's uh, main offices could have foreseen such a such a dire circumstance. Well, it's it's rubber plastic hose that lasts forever, right? <laughs> yeah, I think that's what they they make uh, airplanes out of. <laughs> um, yes. You know, it's uncrashable, un- unbreakable.
0: I, mean, I, I I don't like to laugh about this stuff because it's. I mean, it's stuff that shouldn't happen, but it, it somehow slips through the gaps, and uh, you know, backup plans aren't aren't in order. Hmm. It's like you know, like I, I had this whole big elaborate, you know, one month, two months of food in Mexico. I had you know, I had extra garrafones, which is you know, your two, your twenty liter, uh, twenty liter disposable, ch- interchangeable drum of water. Um, you know, I, I I was set up. I come back to Australia and it's like where the hell's my first aid kit? Don't even know where I hide the band aids. It's like you know this false sense of security, and I'm not ready. Don't even have a knife. Hmm. So, hmm.
1: and uh, they'll probably arrest you for a knife too. So yeah, I can't.
0: I can't leave. Can't leave the kitchen.
1: <laughs> yeah, you can't just tell them that uh, you keep a machete for your farm. They won't pay that. Yeah, yeah, that, that that's
0: another story. Um, so I, I'm I'm running. I mean, I, I'm I'm moving through uh, security in Mexico at a at a central bus station, uh, the the big one in Mexico City, and I've got a machete wedged between my tent. Um just in a you know over over shoulder sling and it goes through the scanner and the security look at me and say, Do you have a machete? Yeah, of course I've got a machete. I work on a farm. Are you military or police? No. Ah, oh, no no worries. Off you go. Just uh just put it under the bus. Don't take it aboard. Cheers, no worries. <laughs> it's like um it's just a tool. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's just a work yeah. tool.
1: Don't get scared. Take it easy. Yeah. Well, I lo- you know, it's 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 a bit shit how they even have those security guards there cuz they I mean, they don't do anything. They just they just there to pretend. I mean, I get to the I get to the the bus and they're like, "Ah, oh, can we have a look through your bag?" And they they unzip it. Look up what's at the top. So whatever is on the bottom yeah, they just won't see, um, and they zip They give it a squeeze. It, okay, cool. So you know, I've got my um, five sticks of dynamite down the bottom. They don't know about that. <laughs> yep. Um But they, and, but they, uh, they pat you down. And, uh, everything's fine. Oh well, they, oh, that's all right. They, they, they pat me down. But I, I don't know. I guess they, they must pick up something in those, um, or deter somebody with those scanners. But. Mm, doesn't really seem that secure, to be honest. It seems like just a. It's it's like that that picture of um, they have that picture of of like a, a boom gate in the middle of nowhere, and um, it, on either side there are no fences, and um, you can see all of the track marks either side of it where people have just driven around. Uh, yeah. It says gun control. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, I I think it's. I mean, it is it is important in the in the bigger picture when you think about um, that. It is pretty deterring, you know, amateurs from uh, from even thinking about it. So, I mean, there's like that eighty twenty rule for for that little twenty percent
1: from blowing themselves up.
0: Well, well, I mean, maybe not explosive wise, but I mean, you know, it does keep the the masses in order you know for for twenty percent of a little theatrical uh, uniform and and little magnet scanner all of a sudden eighty percent of the people are like straight up in lines you know not carrying uh anything that's gonna be uh dangerous to themselves or others it's like the majority of the it's it's like tick it's good it, this is good enough the people feel safe and uh, and and that that's enough to to say satisfactory but then the other side of it is, in Mexico, do you really feel that, that scared? I don't buy it. No, it's it's all bullshit. It's all mind control. They want you to... uh <laughs> The Hindu cows.
1: Yeah. What, led to the slaughter?
0: Well, yeah, it's like if, if there's going to be... I mean, really, if somebody wanted to attack uh, Central Norte, you know bus station, Mexico city, it'd be, it'd be game over and no one would be ready. No one would be prepared. Um, and everyone would go, why, what happened? And, but I mean, who would, who would want to do it? It's only, it's only Mexico city.
1: And they'd say, they, they set fire to, to our fuel pipe. It's made out of rubber. They pierced it with, with a needle. Nobody could have foreseen that.
0: Uh, Yeah, it was, uh, all the intelligence in the world wouldn't have picked that up anyway
1: <laughs>
0: I mean they, they, that's the thing. Mexico's got so much uh, so much natural gas and, and gas tanks. I mean you, you just you just blow up Sony gas at the front door and all of a sudden the whole thing goes up, and they'll, and even if it was an attack, the the police would go, "Oh nothing happened here. It was just um, just an accident." And you have a terrorist in his house going, but I planned for so long and it was perfect. I blew up the whole thing. No credit. Mexican police are too lazy. They go, nothing happened here.
1: Just an accident. It's pretty better, actually. Yeah, sometimes they're lazy. Sometimes they're paid paid to be lazy. Yeah, it depends. Well, I just don't think it it pays to give
0: give, uh, any any terrorist credit for what they do. I mean, if the if the media took that uh, aspect and just said, you know what, we're just going to say it happened, but we're not going to say who or why or anything. We're just, just going to say that uh, this is what happened. This is the result, but that's it. Um, then you might have people interested in wanting to know. I mean, the people that are interested, they will look into it themselves. But, but but not everybody needs to know that he was a islamic extremist mm. and uh you know and then and then have a segment of news straight afterwards saying how many muslim people are being uh are being en- or entering into australia through our immigration system it's like it's set up to upset you or to get a to, to get a rise out of you
1: yes yes yes
0: and uh the thing is once you realize that
1: yeah, manipulation. Manipulation. So, so yep
0: you uh you can't enjoy it anymore it's like they they're messing with me they're playing with me it's like I'm the I'm on the strings here so you got to turn off the TV and just say okay if I'm going to watch I mean I'm not saying you know throw, throw your TV out I'm just saying you know get connected to internet TV or something that you know you are in control of what you're watching when and, um, and then, you know, save yourself from all the commercials as well. Like, I'm thinking, I really only watch YouTube now.
1: Unless there's, um... Yeah, well, even, even YouTube is a bit, uh, skewed, um... You wonder... Because YouTube goes through and it tries to cut off the funding from anybody that's controversial, and yeah, they're set, they're setting up some new system of uh, moderation on there. So there's like people who sign up <clears throat> and and do a good job of curating become superheroes, and they get more power to flag people or something like that. Um, so you know they do what they can to to limit the the spectrum of debate. On YouTube, definitely, um, but of course, it's not. You know, it's not like there are hundreds of uh, agents creating videos on there. At least, not that we know of.
0: <laughs> yeah, see, this is the thing. Even if they were, would those videos be popping up on your recommended, you know, top ten? Um, if if they were already flagged not to be promoted, uh, I don't think so. I mean, I'm just—I'm looking at my what's on my top recommended Hang now.
1: Hang on, but you're you're proposing this scenario where where there's some psyop agent uh, creating and and editing and uploading videos to to YouTube, but at the same time they, they they're getting banned for doing it. Or what do you mean?
0: Well, maybe not even banned, but they they're just not—they're um, not going to be naturally popping up on the on the you know the the lists of people when they when you go to your home page on on youtube you've got 10 recommended there's some recently uploaded you know from channels you've obviously subscribed to and then you've got you know other other sections like uh you know continue watching or um or you know a watch list or or say if you watch a couple videos from one channel it will have like a string of five videos from one channel in your following channel list it's like any videos that are not promoted would never would never pop up there it's like I'm sure there's some videos that are flagged and that people just never see and then you'd be at home going I just uploaded a video and this is excellent this is brilliant um, or you know all my friends or all my peer reviews are saying you know this is like should be going viral at some stage yeah it's got 20 views most of them are yours like what's what's going on like, I think there's a there's brick walls there that I think everyone needs to, to push through, but there's probably some content that just never gets past that. Like, how would you know?
1: Yeah, like our stuff. Uh, well, you know... <laughs> g- g- they're keeping us down, man. YouTube is censoring us. That's why we only have two videos that are exceeded 1,000 views.
0: If we could prove that... Then I'm sure we would, that would be uh, definitely um, covered as well. We would be, would be barred. <laughs> Paradise, paradise, paradise. well i wasn't exactly yeah. talking about our videos I, I think i think you know so, we're we're pretty a bit uh okay well i would say casual on the on the promotion and uh but you know time time will tell because i feel like we're only starting yeah. to get into asteroid now with uh, with good flow and i mean the content's content but yeah. i mean it, there's definitely a way to deliver content precise and I mean podcasts aren't as uh aren't as, as popular as maybe, you know, two minute information hits on YouTube. Right? or that that I put on Facebook or, or Twitter, like
1: uh, that's right. We're not we're not doing top ten funky new looks for the summer, top ten videos with the word fuck in the title, top top nine new new hit songs where the singer wears underwear. Yeah. How, yeah.
0: How about, about this, guy this
1: guy side? Who, YouTube, right? <laughs> By the way, you can't see, I'm drinking this German, German this German beer. My last guest left, left, me, left me a, a, a her her favorite, favorite German, German beer. beer. Yeah, which, which oh, one is it? To go and see a hell. Okay. <laughs> good old to go, to go and see a hell. Yeah, so thanks. Sounds
0: man. good. Um, <laughs> yeah, Germans do make the best beer. Um and we, and we are we are yeah. moving into Oktoberfest. Yeah. Oh wait, that's already been on. It's pretty wrapping up now. Well oh, but at least by the time this episode goes
1: up, it's pretty pretty wrapped up. That's yeah, fin- finishes in a couple of days, yeah. I think. But... That, that's a shame. <laughs> right. Goodbye Oktoberfest. Yeah. See you next year. <laughs> Salute. Yeah. What did, what do they say in Germany? Prost. Prost.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now, Oktoberfest. If, if, if I can just uh, say a few words in respect to what I consider the best party I've been to in my life um, I haven't been at the carnival but there's there's a few parties internationally that that's like you know this is these are the events you must attend in, in your life um, I've been a spring break and you know you know what I don't think I People rave about how good Spring Break is, whether whether you go to uh, Carbos or Cancun. Cancun's the, the main one. But it's like there's a time for that. And I think Spring Break really limits you to, you know, hanging out with kids. I mean, even though they're probably in their mid-20s, you know, college, whatever. Um, it doesn't compare to the family experience you can have at Oktoberfest. Oktoberfest, there are people there that that are, that are – five years old and a wagon school and then you got you know grandparents there that have been going you know traditionally forever um and we're you know everyone's together enjoying good beer uh cultural music and just the the fair they put on because Oktoberfest isn't isn't just a a piss up it's um it's it's a it's a celebration to an ancient art and I I mean I uh I have got it as my number one party in the world but I haven't been to carnival so <laughs>
1: right so I we'll have to find out but what <laughs> um the art you're referring to is the art of beer making or yeah. something else
0: yep yeah I think I mean German beer is uh I mean I'm sure you can you could probably make German style beer somewhere else but I mean you know, these guys invented their own their own style of beer and it's very good, and they've been doing it for a very long time. So, um, I think, yeah, of course, there's, there's an art in uh, in in what they do. I mean, someone invented it, and it's still going.
1: Yeah, and well, you it's know, um,
0: well respected. Which
1: what's what's the name of the main uh, beer company in Mexico? Is it Modelo, or is that what it's called? I I, I think that that was bought out, wasn't it, by one of the other ones. Uh, I don't know, but anyway, one of the major ones in Mexico was actually founded by Germans, maybe a few of them, because, uh, yeah, uh, Mexico is a bit of a once upon a time. At least it was a bit of a melting pot. Yep, Me- that makes
0: complete sense. I mean, there was, there was a lot of um, a lot of European influence in Mexico, <laughs> maybe a little too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know it, it it's made
1: <laughs> Get out of here, you stinky Europeans.
0: <laughs> oh, you know, I I can't really say that because um you know, Mexico is what it is and you know, I I wouldn't change it at all. I I mean, you know, of course it can get it can improve. It's it's a good mix of uh of of you know, like native traditions and and European traditions and somehow it's like now it's just Mexican. But it, it is it is a bit of um Bit of a mix-up.
1: Yeah. by By the way, speaking of uh, yeah, speaking of native traditions, did I tell you that I ate some uh, pre-Hispanic cuisine the other day? Uh, no. Go ahead. What did you taste? Okay. Yeah. Well, I, of course I had. Uh, so I was in Mexico City, uh, staying with my friends uh, Sergio and Maria. And and uh, they said, oh, you have to try You have to try some of the pre-Hispanic cuisine. Uh, and so, of course, I had some wheat le coche. Have you tried wheat coche? I'm not sure what that is. Um I mean, perhaps, but what is it exactly? <laughs> OK, all right. Well, I'll describe it. So, OK, so it's a kind of fungus which grows on corn. Um, and so it's kind of interesting because in the US, was seen as a as a pest for for a long time. Yeah. Um and they they did everything they could to stop it until someone said, "Hang on, why don't we try selling this?" Um but of course, the Mexican or uh, Mesoamerican's have been eating it for for centuries or millennia. Um so it's yep. it's like a it's basically a mushroom that grows on corn um with like this earthy flavor. Um the <laughs> the taste of Wet earth, as they like to say in Mexico, just like in the in the famous song about Guadalajara. Tierra <laughs> Guadalajara, mojada. Guadalajara, Guadalajara, Well, it's a pura tierra mojada. <laughs> you smell like pure wet earth. <laughs> um, so that's kind of what huitlacoche tastes like, like wet earth. And and uh, but then I tried some ant eggs, oh, yeah. Mexican caviar. Yeah, otherwise known as escamoles. So the, they they're quite large. They're like twice as big as a each one twice as big as a grain of rice, and kind of looks like a grain of rice, except slimy and and big. But um, not not quite uh, tic tac size. Very salty. Very nice.
0: Yeah, you, you wouldn't say they're as big as a tic tac.
1: Sorry. Yeah, about as big as a tic tac. Yeah, um, maybe a little bigger.
0: Ah cool well, you know i'm all about pre hispanic everything um especially their pulque i mean you know you you already know that <laughs> i mean it's they've they've just got i mean it's like going yeah. natural food, but going natural food before there was anything else, like everything was natural and and it's cool that Mexico you can still you can still i mean i don't know if you can eat that way all the time <laughs> it's probably no need. But, um, I mean, there's, there's some probably, I mean, you look back and you think, you know, how people weren't really that healthy in older civilizations. But I'm sure if you were drinking pulque all the time and, uh, and, and these other pre-Hispanic foods that I'm sure are full of minerals and, and vitamins, nutrients, proteins, then, uh, you know, I'm sure there's some pretty fit warriors back then as well.
1: Lean. Yeah, getting all their protein from ants and ant eggs and and other insects—it's <laughs> supposed to be good stuff. Yeah, I mean you're you, you're on
0: board, right? I mean you're saying they would be really healthy.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. I mean the yeah, there's definitely <laughs> maybe there's even some minerals and and, and proteins and vitamins that in. Uh, Jumiles or Eskimos that you can't get anywhere else. <laughs> well, like... like, like a metaf- Very exclusive diet reserved like, for the few. Yeah,
0: almost <laughs> metaphysical. You're, you're consuming dark energy from the other side. <laughs> you know, because of the process and all. <laughs> Press like, press subscribe, press share. To us press like, press subscribe, press share. To
1: so anyway, do you wanted to talk more about bugging in?
0: Uh, okay, yes.
1: So I mean,
0: okay, I've I've been looking into the the bugging in experience or, or what? Well, I mean, not really the experience. I just like saying it that way. No, I like looking into when you are bugging in. Um, why would you do it? Um, what do you need? How much should you pack for because i mean we 've mentioned before it, this isn't this isn't a, a you know a crazy people thing i mean if you're in if you 're in middle you know low land area of uh, New South Wales or you 're in south Australia at the moment you kind of i mean if anyone was saying to you a month ago Hey, I watched that, that crazy US TV show Preppers, you know, and there's, um, there's people that are, are, are bugging in and bugging out and bug out locations and bug out bags and water supply and long life food and high ground, safe locations, um, personal protection, whatever. All these things that you consider when, you, when you're looking at a uh, self-preservation plan and you go, you're a nut, you're crazy. I don't want to talk to you anymore. Uh, you know, you take, take away your, your silly TV shows and your crazy ideas. And then all of a sudden your place floods and you got no water, no electricity. And, you know, you're stranded on the roof camping with your family for a week. Um, you kind of feel pretty dumb. You probably wouldn't even want to say you've had that conversation. So, um, I'm not saying, you know, but just because we're in a first world, you don't need to think about um, preparing. But look at me. I haven't even got a first aid kit. It's like, this is just amateur hour. And, you know, and it could be that, you know, one of these bloody trees outside just fall on the house and, you know, someone gets their leg caught and we need to bandage something up or anything, you know what I mean? Or or whatever. I don't know. I mean, anything could happen and I wouldn't even know where to get a, a, a bandage or even worse one of those one of those red-belly black snakes just happened to, to come through the uh, the door seal and's in the house and dad steps on it and it bites him on the knee. how am I going to put that compression band on his on his upper leg or quad uh, hemi area to you know to prov- to slow down the poison flow until the ambulance rocks up it's like it I'm in Australia where's my where's my bugging plan I've got wine and I've got books. Like, that's, that's probably just an, an academic mistake. <laughs> I don't know. What are your thoughts?
1: <laughs> an a- academic mistake? You mean a mistake that only an academic would make? Yeah. Well, what's, well, what no, does it's, that mean? <laughs> uh,
0: well, it's like um, I'm thinking about the, the luxuries of being able just to, you know, close the window. The world's coming to an end. Um, you know, lock the front door. Just crack a bottle of wine and, and grab a good book. You know, it'll be it'll be okay. I've got the essentials, right? <laughs> got a, I've got a few candles, I think. <laughs> Could have.
1: Been. Okay. Yeah. But um yeah, so um I guess that's a good start. <laughs>
0: so um I mean, yeah, I mean essentially what I what I want to say is the um the the idea of of bugging in isn't um I mean, it's not crazy, it's just being prepared for you know when when a, a normal storm just gets revved up a little bit and all of a sudden um you know you, you have to wait i mean even i mean even the um the the prime minister of, of Germany says you know everyone should be prepared for for two weeks okay and i I don't think being prepared for two weeks isn't really that that hard um, i mean it's it's just a little bit of extra food and and whatever but if if something was to happen here in Australia. I mean, I wouldn't, I don't think I'd be getting in my car and, you know, getting stuck on the the freeway or highway or anything like, like you see in the movies. Or is that just, is that just programming to not get in the car? Mm. Because now we, now we know what's going to happen. And, uh, and if I was to get in the car and try and hightail out of here, the highways would be empty because everybody knows they're full. I don't know, things like that. It's like, I don't have a plan. And I think everyone should have at least (laughs) a basic plan.
1: No, I'm 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 pretty sure when people see that in the movies, that would actually they, they'd say, okay, so the right thing to do in the crisis is leave the city, um, because that's what everybody does, and so so that's probably the model that they would follow, not the other way around. Yeah. Um.
0: Well, I, I wonder how many people have have actually seen these movies or thought about it. And for those reasons already left the city because I think I'd be, I'd be one of those people. I I think, um, right now I don't, I'm pretty sure that unless it's for extreme stupidity on my part, I wouldn't go to a capital city and, and live there. It just doesn't make, doesn't make sense to me in, in these, in these times.
1: Was, wasn't that what you were planning to do? You were planning to go to Sydney?
0: Um, well, yeah, I'm not far from there actually, but um, but no, I that that was the the original plan, <laughs> yes. Um, but I mean that that, that was in a, in a very short period of um, of of no critical thinking. I don't know I don't know what what I was thinking because. You you come, I mean, it's very it's very easy to, to lose yourself. Um, here's, here's another thought. When you go to a different country, you are a different person. Like if you go, I mean, I've experienced this a few times when I've been yep. on uh, exchange, student exchange trips. You go to a different school or university. Um, you're put into a class where, where you're the Australian. And and all of a sudden, it's like you meet up with a couple other Australians that are also there from, you know, other universities in Australia. And you're there for maybe, you know, uh, three months if it's a summer school or, or less or whatever or or six months if it's a semester. And you, all of a sudden, nobody knows who you are. And they've already got – they already jumped to like building blocks in their mind of of what they think an Australian should be based on whatever cultural – uh, whatever, whatever cultural aspects are filtered through their uh, their understanding of of life, and they automatically bolt that to you. So here we go with you know obviously you're you're a tough guy because you've been fighting sharks and crocodiles your whole life, and uh, you got snakes and and spiders in your boots. So you know there there's that's where you start, and then they get to know who you are. The thing is, if you decide that you don't want to be um, I mean, let, let's say in Australia, you're a little bit shy or, you know, you're not very outgoing and then you get to another country and you're like, you know what, forget that I, you know, over here, I can be whoever I want. And all of a sudden, you know, you start applying yourself to other activities that you normally wouldn't do just because you're, you're holding back. Then uh, then you become a totally different person in the, the eyes and the minds of everyone around you, which I mean, you and you might actually enjoy that person, that new v- version of you so much more that you come back as the new version um as much as you can so what's happened is i've come back to australia and all of a sudden it's like like a stink or the like a like a glue or like you know when when you're covered in honey and the bees want to attack you that kind of attraction um i've had back to the old version of myself it's like you know the old aaron if he was You know, he had career aspirations and, you know, heading to the big city and he wanted to do all these different things, but I have to, I I can't deny the fact that being in Mexico I've completely changed and all of a sudden, you know, buying a a sweet new Jaguar isn't exactly my, you know, my, my top, um, my top thing to do. It's like that, that's not even, that's not even relevant with the character that I have now, um. Now it's more about getting a four-wheel drive and looking for a bug-out location and enjoying, you know, more bush Australian camp life. Which was something that for the first maybe 20 years of my life, 25 years of my life, I was never interested in. It's like I almost had a disdain for the bush because it was shoved down my throat in primary school. It's like I don't want to know about, you know, bush poetry and, and waltzing Matilda and, you know, all these all these. Australian explorers that went out into the the desert or out over the Great Dividing Ranges, like it was just boring to me. But now it's like I need to find out who these guys are and go and go find (laughs) where they were and, you know, and see the bush that they were caught in and look at their poetry and just have there's a totally different, uh, you know, respect or or desire to immerse myself in the culture that I thought I didn't like just because it was pushed on me in a way that I, I didn't want. And I had to go to Mexico to find that, to find out that um, I am pretty more Australian than than I think I am. And maybe I actually like it, but I didn't think I needed it when I was here before. So so now I've got like two, I've got like Aaron, uh, old Australian Aaron, and I've got old, well, new, semi-new Mexican Aaron. And then I've got this new Aaron that I can choose whatever I want to be right now. And yeah, so when I turned up to Sydney, I automatically started falling into the old Aaron. You know, this is this is where I used to go hang out. This is where I like to, you know, uh, I don't know. This is where I like to go eat. This is where, I you know, I didn't really want to go outside my comfort zone considering, you know, I, I know Sydney very well. And it was just comfortable for me to think, you know, this is where I, I used to live. This is where I'd want to live. You know, I could probably get a job around here and I could probably, you know, fall back into that. Not realizing that, I didn't not realising that I didn't want to venture out, not because I didn't want to venture out, just because falling back into what you know is always more comfortable. So I had to resist that, push it away and say, you know what, I'm not going back to a similar old job. I'm not gonna fall back into, you know, kind of where I used to live just because I know where the good restaurants are. It it was I need a totally new totally new experience of Australia. Which means Um, going to Sydney is the last thing I should and last thing I want to do so um, that's basically where I'm at now and Mm. yeah there was a time when I wanted to go to Sydney and it was like and when I got here I wanted to go there more but then I'd ask myself really like even meditate on it go into like the dark spaces of my of my mind and think why What's, what's going on here and it, it just seemed like an easy way out. Like there was less thinking involved. Have you noticed that at all? I'm thinking going to a restaurant and ordering what you uh, always order.
1: Not recently. Nah, well, you know, you're yeah.
0: Mexican Kurt.
1: <laughs> right. Well, yeah, I don't know what it would be like. like, say, if I went back to Melbourne... I mean, I probably would fall into a lot of old habits. But I wonder if maybe I haven't changed uh, in these past couple of years quite as much as you have. Or maybe I've changed in different ways. Ways that, I don't know. um, Going to the same restaurants and stuff, maybe it's, I mean, it doesn't seem to be such a big deal. But you're talking about, like, thought patterns, maybe. Yeah. No, and
0: it it is because, I mean, that's, going to the same restaurants is kind of, you know, like the icing on the cake, but I mean, you've really got to, I mean, it's, it's so hard to step out of your own skin. And I mean, this is, this is me going back to a city that I, that I lived in for, for many years and you just have the old ways of, of moving around. Like, you know, this is, this is the way to, you know, A to B and it may never have been the most efficient or best way of moving, but that's the way you've always went. So you automatically go that way, and you think, "No, you know what? I I have to get out of here." It's like um, I feel like when you're not making when you're not making decisions in in real time, or you're not exploring, you know, even just in your normal day to day, you kind of you kind of a little bit dead. I, I feel like we, we've we've definitely spoke about this before. It's like you know you need to be. I mean, not to the point that you're making so many decisions that you just get you know decision exhaustion exhaustion, and you're not um, you know you're kind of wasting time, but I think it's it's important to explore to explore you know within yeah. within your normal day to day you know just try something new um if you could try something new every week, you'd be doing well and that that sounds really lame you know I'm just gonna try one thing new once a week. But you would you realize that you may go months without even looking for something new because you're so wound into your routine.
1: Yes, yes.
0: So after being in Mexico for two years of of no routine, um, and then and then it was like you know what? I actually there was times in Mexico where I thought I need a holiday from my real life. Like can I can I just go? Um, yeah, can I just escape having to think? About everything all the time, um, and then just go back to you know like a zombie mode, and, and and that's kind of what it is autopilot. Because I don't know what you get out of autopilot actually. Now that I'm thinking about it, um, I think that there is a rest, like there, there's it's more relaxing on your on your mind because you, you do get exhausted um, just having to to think about um, what do I feel like eating. Every single meal, it's not like, um, like I'm hungry, so my stomach's telling my brain I'm hungry. And then I wander to the kitchen and go, what's in the fridge? And I stand there like like you know, like a bear at the, the river looking into this fridge going, what do I feel like making or what is there quick? Um, when you don't even have a fridge or when your fridge is empty, then you got to think, do I, am I, do I need to go outside to get something to eat? And am I really that hungry even in the first place? And the chances are you're not even hungry. You could pretty much do do it with a glass of water. <laughs> Something like that. So, um... <laughs> yeah. um
1: yeah. Yeah. Well, there's, uh, there's a post that comes up sometimes on, on Tumblr and people are like, do you ever just, like, get up from the computer, walk, walk around, walk into your lounge room, stumble around for, for five minutes... Uh, walk to the fridge, open it up and close it like as if you, you weren't going to eat anything anyway and then shrug and go back to your computer and someone else is like we're the Sims, dude we're the, <laughs> we're, we're the Sims where are these uh, computer controlled characters who do- have no idea what they're doing with their lives and they just uh, take random actions at random times for no reason
0: <laughs> yeah we are I mean, we're we're not because we're not we're not Sims. I mean, that, that game came out obviously yeah. millennia after human beings. But I mean, you know, how different are we? <laughs> There's probably people that that hear that and then get you know start getting this this feeling of of angry at the top of their at the top of their stomach and thinking you know what what are you calling me a sim? Yeah, I've done that before. But I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a zombie. I'm not autopilot. I'm not. It's like yeah, you are, you've done it. we've all done it. We've all got in the car and drove you know drove to work, and we're at work, and we think you know i don't I don't remember actually driving here. I was like, yeah, it's because you were you were trapped in your head thinking about yeah, you know i I don't know what the hell you think, anything it's like you know you're thinking in your mind, um constructing situations or conversations you're going to have with your boss or whatever um that don't even exist will never exist. I mean, they could, but at the time they don't. And you're like putting all your energy into this, you know, these these things that that are are just you know entertainment for yourself in in time. But if you were actually in time, then uh, you know you wouldn't you wouldn't feel the need to even do that. You'd be you'd be noticing, um, I don't know, what's around you in in traffic. Like there's different games you can you can play. I don't know, just to keep yourself in the in the moment, um, you know, whether it's looking for patterns in number plates or or counting how many how many cars you see of one color, and you know, looking at that every single day. It, I, I mean, that that's kind of a distraction too. But I mean, it, it just depends on on uh, whether you think yes. it's important that uh, you know that you are on, on autopilot, or whether you're trying to stimulate your brain in in real time to um, try to break out of some of those really disturbing and disruptive habits that you might have.
1: Mm. The thing is... Yeah, yeah. So the idea is stay, stay conscious and make conscious decisions and um, at least some of the time. <laughs> well, well, yeah. I mean, the, the first step is just to,
0: to get over the fact that you know, you're not in control all the time. Because I mean a lot of people probably have trouble even believing that. Like just um accept accept the fact that yeah, we we have um, programmed behavior. And uh, uh example might be I just had an itch on my nose, um, and it was automatic that I gave it a scratch. I never I never thought, you know, maybe my nose isn't itchy, maybe that's just a um I don't know an insecurity of some you know deep psychological issue that I might have and you know whenever I get into that frequency of, of state of mind I my nose gets itchy so I gave a scratch it's like what, what am I doing here my nose wasn't even itchy so <laughs> I mean I, I don't know I think I think it was I think it was what it- am I doing here
1: where am I <laughs> Yeah, my nose is falling off my face uh,
0: not again yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that, that that's that's all pretty oh. crazy, but I mean, but that they, well. they, that's kind of what happened when I came back to Australia. It was like I I, I started getting lazy. No, I, you- I I wasn't. I mean, I was I wasn't. You know, I'm on the plane flying into Australia. Like, this is going to be great. I'm back in Australia. I can speak English again. Wonderful. Um, what am I going to do? All these things, and then I get off the plane. I drive home. Um, I get home and I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to lay down for three days and not do anything. But you can't do that because three days turns into a month.
1: <laughs> well, that's fair enough. Why can't you do that?
0: Well, I mean, you you can, but you just got to be um, aware. Oh,
1: yeah, I guess. But <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, I after a big trip, of course, you you're tired. But, I mean, you know, you don't... Just because you're tired doesn't mean you don't do anything for... For a longer period of time than what you say, you go, okay, I'm going to give myself two days of relax. Um, but then, you know, when you wake up on day three, don't even think about taking a third day. It's like, you know, you're lying to yourself. I mean, I mean you can if you want.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, that's what <laughs> that's, I was thinking about this because I, I remember I said to you um, that, uh, like, if I were... If I were in the foxhole or if I'm in a life or death situation, it would never occur to me to bargain with God. But then I I realized I I do this. I bargain like every day. Every day I wake up and I'm like, "Eh, just another 15 minutes on the snooze. Um, And and (laughs) I'm thinking at the same time, I know that nothing is going to change in 15 minutes. In 15 minutes, it's going to be exactly as hard to get up as it is now. Um, but uh, then I go ahead and press snooze anyway, and I am like, "What the what the fuck am I doing here?" Yeah, <laughs> it's a trap. So that snooze button—I've got to get back into the habit of putting my putting my alarm on the opposite side of the room. So I need to get up out of bed and and uh, I don't know do three jumping jacks at least. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> immediately upon getting out of bed. That that is a, that is a really good idea.
0: Yeah, because the other the other side of that is, yeah, you know, I mean, I like I like thinking that you know when you wake up in the morning, um, every single day is a new life, and that you wake up and you're a different person, um, which I mean, it's kind of hard to hard to really process, yeah. but if you think every moment you're a new person, um, and you think well that that version of of Kurt that's two seconds. Startled after the, the alarm's blaring in his right ear because he left it within arm reach. Um, that version of Kurt is nowhere near mm. the version of Kurt that's just done five star jumps in the kitchen, because wake up.
1: You've got to separate these, these good and bad versions.: <laughs> Yeah. Be the best version of yourself. Is that like a military motto or something?: U.S Army. Be the best version of yourself. Enroll today and get yourself sent off to a foreign country as a pawn. See the world they said. Best (laughs) version (laughs) How good how good is that version? I don't know. (laughs) Um he's he's
0: a pretty cool guy. Yeah. He's he's
1: tough. But is he the man you want to be? (laughs) After after his years of deprogramming.
0: Well yeah, that that's that's the thing, man. It's like with the when when you start looking at programming, um you, you get caught in uh you know, how programmed am I? And you know, you don't want to believe it. It's kind of it is it's a bit confronting.
1: Yes, yes. I guess we can get into that another time. Uh did did you have any final thoughts or do you want to wrap it up? Um
0: well, I mean, I feel like I've got a lot off my chest. I feel a lot lighter now, actually, after my, my good rant on uh, different versions of yourself. <laughs> because, um, I mean, obviously, when I'm saying that, I'm trying to think of real-time examples. <laughs> so, uh, have, so. You ch-
1: have you chosen which version you want to be?
0: Well, yeah, that's that's the thing. When you choose, then you uh, you limit yourself. So, you know, there's, there's obviously two extremes here. Uh, when, when someone says, uh, you know, are you... A, B, or C, then you know you put yourself into a box. You got to be. You it's got to say, well, right now, I think I am, or I would like to be, or desire to be B, whatever that is. Um, but then to be, but then to be open, that you know what, if someone was to bring a good argument or to show me something, or you know, or an experience, then I would be, um, I would be just as satisfied because how would you know unless you are that um, A or C. Is pretty good, and I mean, I just thought of something, a little bit um, abstract. Um, I think this is why people, when um, mm. when they think about having an accident, and all of a sudden they're they're quadriplegic. I mean, bad example, but let's play with it. Um, and and it's like, no way, I couldn't. You know, I, I I had a friend; he had a an accident in a wheelchair for life. I I couldn't do that, man. You're a you're a strong you're a strong character, and I respect that. It's like you know what, any any solid person that can accept their fate will move on and make the best of what they've got, really. And I think you need to be open for that. No matter what happens, just keep just keep moving. Can't get nagged out just because the first door slammed in your face.
1: Yeah, it's like that that uh, that that movie. Oh, a lot of thunder out there. Um, that movie, Million Dollar Baby. You remember that one? What's it about?
0: Million Dollar Baby.
1: You remember the this word from, in Celtic, mochusna?
0: No, you know what? I'm, I'm, maybe that's the old ad.
1: Mochusna, I think that's how it went.
0: <laughs> Coming up completely blank.
1: <laughs> okay, I, I I I would swear that you you should have seen this movie, but Probably. okay. Anyway, it's the, it's a movie about a, a female boxer and um she goes through all these struggles to to become a boxer, but at the end um this uh the the opponent pulls this dirty trick on her and like kicks her in the back of the neck or something and she's paralyzed and and she, so she's like she says to Um, what the fuck is that dude's name? Clint Eastwood. She says to Clint Eastwood, just kill me while she's in the hospital bed. Uh, (laughs) and he's like, okay. (laughs) And he pulls the plug and, uh, and, and that's like the end of the movie. Um but that seems i mean it it seemed so bizarre that like she she went all through all these struggles and everything like nothing's going to stop me you know she against all odds and then uh she gets this one oh, man injury well i mean it's a big injury yeah uh I was about to say one little injury but um yeah she gets this one huge in- injury and she's like that's it i'm i'm done uh and i thought what a bunch of bullshit like uh, I mean what uh, I mean obviously you spend a lot of time dedicating yourself to to this one pursuit, but that doesn't mean you don't have anything left to offer and then this you know this moment of despair you 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 uh commit suicide so that that seem that movie is kind of bullshit to me you know what I've, i haven't um, seen it I guess I just spoiled it for everybody who hasn't seen it no it, is, it doesn't but,
0: sound uh, like it's worth watching what what a what a heap of Programming bullshit it's okay to fail yeah. it's okay to give up at the very end it doesn't matter how far you've you've walked no way yeah you're right man that that movie sounds like bullshit and yeah. i have I've never yeah. seen it
1: ah <laughs> oh, it's a great movie i- I recommend it, but that, that <laughs> the, <laughs> the ending not so good okay <laughs>
0: okay yeah, so um yeah, better put a spoiler yeah. on that one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it's been like 10 years so I'm pretty sure you know, if you haven't seen it by now. I mean what's the, what's the like the expiration date for spoilers? I mean there must be some kind of limit. That's a good It's not like if I question. say, you know, Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father, you're going to No get way. Angry. Um I mean if you do, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, you know what? Popular culture, and you obviously you're you're failing behind.
0: Yeah. <laughs> now, okay. So if I've had ten years to watch that Whatever. movie
1: and I haven't uh, seen
0: it yet, yeah, I, I deserve to uh, to miss out on the ride.
1: Whatever. Oh yeah. All, all bets, bets are, are off. you yeah. Lose. Um. You get paralyzed. That's your punishment. Ten
0: years. Ten years. I think is a good amount of time for um for spoiler alerts. Like you got You got to be on it. If you're not interested, forget about it. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's like watching old movies. <laughs> it's, like, it's like watching old movies. It's like, you know, anyway, anyway I mean, the, the, the psychology of society changes so quick these days. I mean, somebody that watches a 10-year-old movie is going to pick the ending anyway, so.
1: <laughs> uh, it's true. That's a good point. Yeah, but, that, I mean, that's, mm, well, interesting because, I mean, it's not often you see such a tragic ending in a Hollywood movie. But there you go. <clears throat> yeah, so the point is, um, yeah, if you're a quadriplegic, don't look to this movie for inspiration. I think that's the moral of the story.
0: Okay, so that is another episode of The Paradise Paradox, wrapped and packaged for your enjoyment. Please share if you got something out of it. If you didn't share anyway, um, jump on the website and get show notes, www.theparadiseparadox.com forward slash 132. That is forward slash 132 for the show notes for this episode, where you will find a short story on whatever thought I was thinking about as I'm posting this video and related links and related episodes for those that cannot get enough of the antics of the Paradise Paradox. If you really enjoyed it, um, or you just like, you know, people putting together their own content and you know sharing knowledge, sharing ideas, um, sharing a little bit of reality, self-broadcasting, then jump on our website and send us a donation. Or you can buy t-shirts. Check those out. They're cool too. Thank you very much for tuning in. Lovely to have you. Don't forget to be yourself, be generous, and tune in next time. Peace. www.theparadiseparadox.com forward slash 132 got it right the first time